If life has presented more questions than answers, more problems than promises, and purposeful living feels unattainable and finding fulfillment helpless, we don't have all the answers, but let us point you to the one that does. Welcome to Anointed Clay, a ministry committed to kingdom expansion. Anointed Clay, real hope for real people. Come and reclaim your destiny. This is an outreach ministry of Unity Worship Church, 214 Nelson Street, Cartersville, Georgia, 30120. Now, to the Word. scripture is verse 16. I'm going to actually start reading in verse 14. Amen. And um, give me the grace in this moment. This will not be, this will not be your normal fluid preaching moment. Amen. Um, this, this is going to be, I want to say a teaching moment, but I do quite a bit of teaching anyway, but more of a lecture style, I think. I'm not really sure exactly how it's going to go. I just know that it's a word. Amen. So give me the freedom today um, to potentially even let down your expectations in the presentation, but build your edification in the level of truth that's coming for you. Amen. Does that make sense to anybody? Thank you, Jesus. Ah, glory. Open me up as a willing and yielded vessel unto your truth that we may convey it, convey it effectively to your people. It is in the name of the Christ I declare it has done it. If you agree, say amen. amen. Uh, Isaiah 28, beginning there at verse 14, and it reads on this wise, Therefore hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men who rule this people who are in Jerusalem, because you have said we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol we are in agreement. When the overflowing, let me, let me break that out real quick. This idea is that in this particular translation, which is the New King James translation, the English here can be a little bit tricky. There are some better translations to read this particular verse in that captures it a little bit better. But to highlight exactly what's being spoken, the prophet is telling the people that you formed your own securities out of the flesh. Okay? And as a result of that, I, I, I need to remind you that there, there is coming calamity, catastrophe, that your securities are not suited to protect you against. That's where we are in the moment, okay? Y'all with me? Amen. Because you have said we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol, we are in agreement. When the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come to us. For we have made lies our refuge. <laughs> And under falsehood, we have hidden ourselves. That's huge. Now, here's God's security measures. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'll in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. 
Also, I make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plummet. The hell will sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters will overflow the hiding, the hiding place. Your covenant with death will be annulled, and your agreement with Sheol will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it. Amen. We're starting a series today, and this is the first leg of that series, called One Foundation, Three Pillars, Seven Mountains. One Foundation, Three Pillars, Seven Mountains. Amen. There is a kingdom mandate. There is a kingdom mandate connected to your reconciliation. Hallelujah. Simple of it is this. God didn't just save you to get you to heaven. Amen. As a matter of fact, he reconciled you to him that he might bring heaven to earth. Y'all already gone. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. Amen, somebody. In, 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 understanding this, in understanding this, then you begin to understand the significance of the one foundation. Amen. It is my stance, it is my animate stance that the difficulty that we deal with today in our quote-unquote Christendom, praise God, is because our foundation has shifted. Hallelujah. Amen, somebody. There is, a, there is a thing, a such thing, as called the chief cornerstone that is mentioned throughout the entirety of Scripture. As a matter of fact, this, this particular quote uh, here in Isaiah, as well as in Psalm, praise God, is quoted in the Gospels, as well as in the Epistles. One of the few Old Testament prophecies that's constantly quoted throughout the text. Amen. That's important to recognize. Amen. This idea of foundation would have been a very strong word coming from the prophet to the people. It would have not have been received or embraced as casual in no shape, form, or fashion. Amen. So much so that in ancient texts and in ancient ideas of building, amen, that they would literally make a sacrifice before they put the foundation to bless the building of the structure. Some of these sacrifices would even be human. Oh, that's going to be valuable to somebody in just a few minutes. Amen, somebody. Not only did you have what was called the chief cornerstone, but you also had what was called the dedicating stone. Amen. The dedication stone, a lot of times, looks like when you go up to buildings now, especially church buildings, and you see that stone with everybody's name on it. Pastor so-and-so, deacon so-and-so. You feel me? That's the dedicated stone. And I, 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 I come to report, tragically enough, that we treat the name of the Christ as if it's a ceremonial piece like the dedication stone versus it being the foundational piece like the chief cornerstone. This chief cornerstone idea is so important, praise God, because it began to be the reference point for the rest of the building. Amen, somebody. If the, if the idea of referencing it was off just a little bit, then it would shift the building altogether. Whether it was the width or height. This is a perfect picture. Good job, uh, lady. Amen, somebody. This point of reference had to be solid enough and, and accurate enough that you could continue to build on it from either direction. Amen, somebody. And height. And, and the building maintained its accuracy and continuity. Yes. 
Amen, somebody. So it's easy to determine, praise God, that if the thing doesn't look like the base, somewhere it got off. Can y'all talk to me just a little? Can y'all handle a little bit more of this before I get into the good stuff? Here it is. Here it is. It is my position, praise God. It is my position that early on, praise God, around the fourth century, we shifted. We took, we took literally a foundation that had been set for thousands and thousands of years and shifted into a new concept. And to this day, we're still arguing erroneous arguments about whether it's just the New Testament or the Old Testament. Listen, listen, listen. There is no break in testaments. Only a shift in how. The whole thing is the truth or none of it is the truth. This is important because we're talking about the inerrancy of scripture. If you try to discredit one aspect of the text, praise God, then you have to question the validity of the whole text. Amen, somebody. Now, when you question translation, amen, that's not questioning authority. Okay, let me catch y'all up. I, I think I went too fast. Amen, somebody. The English language in which we read the scriptures and have interpreted the scriptures is a baby language. Almost infantile compared to the ancient languages that the text was written in. Oh, good God Almighty, y'all don't, don't hear me. And, and you, can you imagine just how, arguing, how, how uh, ignorant it is to argue the text from a limited perspective? How arrogant that must be when you're not ready to do the due diligence to see what the text is actually saying and what it's been saying. Are we working? Amen, somebody. So here it is. There has to be a barometer to gauge the text differently than natural logic. There has to be a filter to weigh the text by. The filter is the chief cornerstone. If the priority is Christ, then you will maintain the continuity and the truth. If the priority is flesh, it will always be deviated and go off. Amen. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he makes this declaration. There's only one foundation. That is the Christ. Amen, somebody. This is the same declaration that the prophet Isaiah is making here. This chief cornerstone is the Messiah. This is what we call messianic prophecy. Amen, somebody. And it's all throughout the Testament. All throughout the text. Prophets from Micah prophesying that there will be a king or a ruler brought into Israel. That has been promised, it's been prophesied from days of old. This, this idea of days of old is not just somebody said it in the beginning, that even before there was a chronological idea of start, this was the truth. This is how three wise men are able to find him in Matthew chapter 2. Because a star pointed them to a reference of a prophecy that they even heard of in their land. I messed them up. Let me slow down. This is going to be very important for you to understand. There are several messianic prophecies throughout the text that we have to continue to consider and get to and engage. These become the, the proof, praise God, that the Christ is the truth. This becomes the, tr the truth that God, the proof that God is the truth, that his word is the truth. Amen, somebody. 
You, you, have, you, have, you have a text in Isaiah chapter 7 that says the Messiah will come from a virgin. This, this prophecy is declared 700 years before the Christ. Come on, somebody. It even says the name. He should be called Emmanuel. You get to Matthew, praise God. And a virgin should bear a son, and his name should be called Emmanuel, God with us. Come on, somebody. It's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing. Another prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9 goes so far as to say, Unto you a child is born. Amen. And unto you a son is given, and the government should be on his shoulders. Woo, good God Almighty. We go all the way back to Genesis, and here is God speaking through Moses himself and telling, I'm going to send a prophet like Moses and put my word in his mouth. Then you get into, you get into hearing uh, uh, John chapter 145, and here you are having the, the now who would be a, 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 a disciples declaring this is a prophet after the heart of God. It's constantly, you see the declaration then you see the fulfillment. Oh, that's the power of the text. That's the power of the text. If nothing else, you'll be able to confirm your truth, praise God, because you were made for truth. So there's a natural spiritual agreement with the truth when you're available for truth. That means when you take you out the way. Are you with me? And these, and these confirmations that's documented, written down, are to affirm and confirm that truth within you. How good is God to give you the word? Think about that. How good, how good is he to give you the word? We don't think about it that way. Don't. You know why we don't think about the word as a gift? Because religion has caused us to look at it as a legalistic, legalistic document to promote legalism. It is a legalistic document to promote justice and love and relationship, but not legalism. Oh, good God Almighty. Are we going to get there soon? This foundational piece is so huge, praise God, because you have these messianic prophecies that, that's been spoken throughout the entire text. Amen. From Deuteronomy to Genesis. Amen. There, there's actually some, also some, some, some messianic prophecy that exists in type, typology. Amen. Do you know the very first time that the scriptures prophesy of Christ in type? The tree of eternal life. Y'all don't hear me. That from, from, from the very first conversation that God is having with man, he's telling the first Adam about the coming of the second Adam. Oh, that's so rich. The next time, the next time we see it, it's, it's in the lamb that's slain to cover them when, when they met the inadequacy of them trying to cover themselves. I mean, I just need you to reach that real quick. That he's telling that without the, uh, without the shedding of blood, there's no remissions of sin. And he, and, he, and, and he kills a lamb to use the skin to cover them. Because the leaves, the fig leaves are inadequate. Amen. I mean, I, I need you guys to really sit yourself in this moment and see how big a problem God had with fig leaf religion. Amen, somebody. Here it is. I know Sunday school told you it was an apple. Biggest lie ever told in the church. It was no apple. It was a fig. Amen. And now they go and get leaves from the very thing that dropped them. 
I mean, literally, sit yourself in a seat and see how big a problem this really is. Are you here? Amen. Come on now. Now, because you're seeing yourself according to yourself, you try to cover yourself. I don't need you to see yourself according to yourself. I need to see yourself according to me. You are a reference. Hey, God, you are a reference to me. Are we there? Come on, somebody. The next time we see, praise God, we see uh, 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 Cain and Abel. Now, Abel is killed because his sacrifice was accepted. <laughs> He's a type of Christ. As a matter of fact, even in the scriptures, in, in, in Acts, it says that Abel's sacrifice was prophetic. Are we here? He's a type of Christ. Let's go on just a little bit further, a little bit faster. Then we mess around and we get to, 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 to uh, uh, um, let me see here, so I don't go too far too fast. Amen. We get to Noah's Ark, a type of Christ. Oh, y'all still not here. Let me prove it real quick because y'all didn't like that. Amen. The Ark is salvation. The Christ is salvation. According to Peter, in the epistles, right? The, the ark, the proof that salvation has been completed is a dove. John's baptizing Jesus, praise God, and then the proof that he is the Messiah is a Oh, come on, somebody that represents the Holy Spirit. Are y'all here? There is a window at the top of the ark, praise God, that represents one way in. Are we here? Come on, somebody. Who is the Christ but the door? Are we working yet? Let's go a little bit further, a little bit faster. Then we get to Melchizedek, the king of Salem, praise God, that Abraham makes an offering unto. As a matter of fact, it says that he pays tithes. Then we get into Hebrew, and we find out that Melchizedek, praise God, because we can't identify his origin. We can't identify his mother and his father. Just like the Christ, he is self-existing. He, oh, good God Almighty. He, he, everything exists in him and everything comes forth out of him. He is not an origin that he can represent coming from something. That you can qualify or quantify in your thinking or reasoning. Amen, somebody. Yeah, yeah, then we go a little bit further. He's the angel of the Lord that came to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. <laughs> a a pre-incarnated Christ. Amen. Come on, somebody. The air. It's the same man. Listen, listen. I can't, I, can't, I can't do it all. Let me just stay in Genesis real quick. He's Isaac being taken up a hill to be sacrificed. Carrying the wood on his back. And it just so happened that this same hill is believed to be Gilgotha. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you got Abraham who's called father. Are we almost there? He makes a choice to obey his father. He, not, only, not only is he the potential sacrifice, but he's also the lamb or the ram that was in the bush that he ultimately did sacrifice. Amen. Same scene, praise God, same Christ. Not only, not, only, not only is he the ram, praise God, but he's also the prophecy that the angel then speaks to Abraham and tells him, your seed will be at the gates of its enemy. Same Christ. Can we work it out? I forgot one of the most important points in the, in, in the prophecies, in the messianic prophecies. And it's pronounced 
in the judgment that's for, is shaped in the form of a curse. First thing in Genesis, after the fall, he addresses Adam. Adam, what you do? It was that woman you gave me. She tempted me beyond what I could stand. Somebody caught that in the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. Then Eve was like, it was the devil. It was the serpent. He was too clever. I couldn't stand the rain. Then God goes and addressed the serpent. Said, because you've done this thing, you crawl on the ground. And then he goes on just a little bit further. Praise God. And the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise his heel. Singular. Are we almost there? Speaking of the Christ. Even in the condition, there, here, here comes God pronouncing the solution. Are we almost there? He's been spoke of constantly and consistent throughout the text. Praise God. Let me give you a few more and I'll let you go. Praise God. The birth of Jacob, who, who would later become Israel, the father of the nation. Amen. Who, who was not the firstborn. Hey, God. Y'all not there, but I got to bring y'all on in. He, he, he was not the one that should, by law, by tradition, got the birthright, got the blessing. Hey, Amen. But he did. Adam number one messed up. So hear me, let me send Adam number two. It's called the principle of the second son. Are we almost there? This is how powerful is. He's right there in Jacob. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Who, whose name, uh, that he's named by his mother. His name means wrestler, supplanter, trickster, jokester. Amen. But his real name given by God, Israel, literally means a prince with God. Are we almost there? The Christ, he's all, he's all through this. Amen, somebody. Then he's Joseph being the salvation of his people that had to go through so much just to get properly positioned to be the salvation. See, don't let your struggle be wasted. Here it is. Here it is. You got to see how powerful this really is. Not only did Joseph save the posterity of his bloodline, but he saves the entire nation of Egypt. Is Jesus not the salvation of the world? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Here it is. Just like Egypt never came to God. Amen, somebody. You got those in the world that have never received the salvation that's been granted them. This is important. Now, here's the thing going to really blow your mind. That's just the prophecies in type that's in Genesis the first book there are these same type of illustrations throughout the whole book amen somebody my point in even going through all of that long discord wasn't just to give you a Bible lesson I'm showing you the continuity and the consistency of the continuity to stay anchored to the chief cornerstone are we almost there this is so powerful praise God because the Apostle Paul says there's only one foundation and we've been called to build on this foundation and me as a wise master builder or an architect, praise God. <laughs> I got sense enough to know that I have to build on this foundation with the right material. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, glory be to God. Here's where we're missing it. Here's where we're missing it. 
He names materials that, that are a little bit harder to destroy. Gold, silver, precious stones. And then he names some stuff that's real easy to destroy. Wood, stubble, hay. Come on, these stuff, that stuff ain't made and that ain't working with nothing. One represents a fleshly motive while the other represents a godly motive. And here's where the line, here's where the rubber meets the road. Praise God. Because you can function as if the name of Christ is a dedicated stone, or you can function as if it's the priority, as if it's the foundation. This is huge. This is huge because we have a pronouncement of Christ, but it's not the, the truth that he really is. The foundation is not evident. This, this is what the apostle says. Listen, I'm a wise master builder. I'm not the foundation. What is the job of the wise master builder in this, in this apostolic anointing? Praise God. It's to make sure we main, maintain the continuity of the building project. <sighs> Read the blueprints and stay in spec. This ain't complicated stuff. Read the blueprint and stay in spec. Continue to use the plumb line. Continue to use the measure, the tape measure. Are we here? This is important. Now, this plumb line ain't got nothing to do with legalistic behavior. It has everything to do with the sincerity of the heart. Motive matters. It's not anything casual about being willing to stay honest with your intent and your motive. Keep your heart in the equation. Are we here? Never settle for just justifying your why. That's our tendency. That's what religion has taught us to do, to justify our why based on how I think it looks to you. We know this, this is the exact same place that the people are in in Isaiah. They, they got all of the religious pretense down to a science. This is what he's telling them. You've developed your false sense of security out of your activities and behavior and your logic and your reasoning and your choices. But your heart's not connected to truth. This is how big it really becomes. Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, yeah, we have to be careful how we build on this foundation. You can't just build with anything. Here's another thing that's so, so beautiful in this text, and I love this. And that's the fact that not only are you a part of the building, praise God, but you're also a part of the building. Oh, that's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. You're, you're, you're a part of the equation, praise God. You're a part of the building as a whole, but you're also co-laboring, partnering with God to do the building. This is what connects the heart equation. The only way that you can maintain this eternal truth is internally. Is it making sense yet? Watch, 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 watch. He says, he says, you got to be careful what you build with. Amen, somebody. Because guess what? When the judgment comes, see, we've messed up because we think that's about a white throne judgment. It's not. It's talking about the circumstances and situations of life. This is why it says you might be saved, but your work going to be burnt up. Do I have any, at least one or two more Bible readers in here? Amen. If it was about the white throne judgment, you ain't got to worry about being saved if you off. Oh, my God, are we here? 
Listen, listen, y'all got to make this connection here because there is the truth that there would be those that have a sincere heart for God but not have a sincere heart in their efforts. Hey! You hear me? That I believe that he is who he says he is and that he's done what he said he's done for me. But then I don't want to take that into my every opportunity. I start prophesying because it made me look good. Y'all ain't going. I don't speak in tongues because of the, my priority for intimacy with God. I speak in tongues so I can look deep in front of you. Wrong motive. Amen, somebody. I only show love to people out there, but at home, my kids think I hate them. Come on, y'all not talking to me. There's something broken in the equation. I'm not maintaining the continuity of the chief cornerstone. Are we here? This is powerful. This is so powerful. He says, yeah, because circumstances of life going to happen. When you're really working with something, that stuff is not going to be easily destroyed. As a matter of fact, gold is refined with fire. Silver is refined with fire. Precious stones is produced with pressure. Are we here? Can we work it out? We're going back to the text, and I'm going to let y'all go, go, go your way. Here in Isaiah 28, <laughs> there in verse 14, praise God. This conversation is primarily to the leaders of the nation. Ah, oh, that's huge. That's huge. Because there is a new mindset that leadership is not important. But leadership has always been and will always be important. Look, look, look at the handiwork of the enemy to try to create disorder by removing order or leadership from the home. It's huge. Look at the level of dysfunction that happens in so many upside down homes. Y'all not working with me. This is, this is important. This is powerful. This is very powerful. Praise God. Leadership is not about dominance, but neither is it about passivity. Amen, somebody. Here in the text, God says, you leaders have did this to the nation. You've given them this false sense of security. My God. Leadership has always been valuable to God. This is a part of the power of one. That's why it couldn't be multiple Christ. All throughout the text, we see this illustration of when any time the three pillars are in place, the nation prospers. Prophet, priest, king. Anytime you see a harmony with these three anointings, the nation prospers. Come on, somebody. This, this, this is an illustration to how effective leadership benefits an entire nation. So now we have a total disagreement between the prophet, the priest, and the king. In our current day, praise God, the king is represented in the president. Come on, somebody. The prophetic voice is represented in the prophet and the apostolic. 
And then the body is the priest. We're totally out of alignment. Totally out. Three different missions. Three different truths. Three different foundations. <laughs> Come on, somebody. This, this is valuable. This becomes valuable because if this thing is ever going to be corrected, we got to see the value in leadership and realigning leadership to the cornerstone. Not in pretense. Not in religious consciousness. See, this is why we talk about the spirit of religion so much. Not just to be defiant, but it is detrimental that we get this in this season. This reformation has to be shaped by a true, sincere heart for the Christ. That's the only thing that can keep the plumb line. Anything else is dependent upon your interpretation of truth. Which, if you don't understand your own filters and your own reality, you will always misinterpret. Let me show you how simple this really is. Most people that take a legalistic attitude about God, praise God, is because they don't think he loves them. There is some place of inadequacy, unworthiness, insecurity, and they project it in rules and regulations. Because it's easier to deal with the letter of rules and regulations than it is to deal and confront with your deficits emotionally. This ain't complicated. Real talk. Anybody that thinks love is an additional component has not experienced it. People who have the real revelation of love open themselves up to that truth holistically and you can never take it away from them. People who have a real revelation of love ain't looking for a romanticized emotional idea. They're looking for the truth. You, you, imagine this. Most of us didn't even appreciate the level of truth our parents was get, giving us until we were 25. And we had messed up plenty by then. Then you wake up one day and we're like, doggone. I thought she was just being mean. That was love. When you have the real revelation of love, you understand that it's a foundational component. See? But it has everything to do with how I'm interpreting truth. <laughs> when I'm already bound up in unforgiveness, resentment, and anger and stuff like that, I don't have the filter, the lens to properly interpret truth. And it all starts with just believing one truth. <laughs> the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected. Matthew 22 makes this thing so powerful. He says, if you follow on it, you'll be saved. If it follow on you, you'll be pulverized. Woo! Man, you got to see how powerful this is. L literally, literally, literally. If you learn to worship and submit and yield to that truth, praise God, you will embrace it and it will become a benefit for you. But if you wait, <laughs> come on, somebody. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Are y'all hearing me? If you wait until you have to be broken. So there's a place of voluntary brokenness. And there's a place of involuntary. It's in the text. He said, listen, when this, when this river starts to flow, None of that, that, that stuff y'all done built out of your imagination, ain't none of that going to work. 
but my chief cornerstone is going to continue to stand. Y'all still not here. He's prophesying damnation to a people that's about to be taken into captivity and never recover their glory. The house of Israel never makes it back. But the son of Israel stands to this day. Are we here? See, I'm still not there. When you're reading the Gospels and you're thinking that it's the nation, it's not the nation, it's a tribe. The people that you see experiencing the Christ in the gospel is the house of Judah and some remnants of Benjamin. Israel never makes it back. We hear? It's important stuff. <laughs> Maintaining <laughs> the continuity by continuing to reference the proper foundation, the chief cornerstone. In the text here, in verse 16, it leads in with the, the therefore, thus saith the Lord God. This speaks to the urgency of the prophecy. Ah, glory be to God. The, the New Living Translation puts it this way. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, that adds a whole different dynamic to it, doesn't it? Because sometimes we may feel like God is speaking in linear terms like we see it. And we think there's some circumstantial perspective to what he's declaring. No, no, no. When you add the idea of sovereignty in there, you realize he's not dealing with linear terms. He's dealing with a holistic vantage. He doesn't see it according to your interpretation of time, point A, point B. He sees it outside of those limitations. Means he sees the whole picture at the same time. He's not moving from beginning to end, even in his perception. He's seeing beginning and end simultaneously. So he, he's giving it to man to prophesy, but he's declaring what he's already experienced. Good God, are y'all hearing me? This was an opportunity for them to realign with his greater truth. They missed it. Is anybody here? You, you hear me, Sister Trudy, don't you? They missed it. He's giving them the opportunity. This is the whole reason why he sent Isaiah to prophesy it. You can realign. You can stop settling for your religious consciousness, your ceremony, and your ritual. You can drop out of this prideful, arrogant place that's causing you not to hear me. Shift. Reconnect with the foundation. I'm in full-blown prophet mode now. Listen. Shift. You don't have to suffer this calamity. My timeline, my calendar has a different truth. Good God Almighty. See how powerful that really becomes? There's only one foundation. One, one foundation. Praise God. If this building is going to be built properly, if the material that's being built with it is going to be sufficient, amen, if you're going to stay in sync with the truth, praise God. 
Reconnect to that foundation. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you for joining us today for Anointed Clay. We truly pray that your spirit was increased by the message. Visit one of our weekly services soon. We have discipleship development on Thursday at noon and 7 p.m. Our Sunday morning worship service is at 8.45 a.m. You can write us at 175 Willis Road, Cartersville, Georgia, 30120. Call us at 770-256-6355. Email us at yahoo.com. Visit us on the web and make all contributions at www.unityworshipchurch.org.